Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. All right, everybody. Um, thanks for coming and hanging out. Uh, I'm Amy. If you're new, if you're if you're new to all of us, don't feel um, odd that I kind of know some people. Uh, you're part of it now. Sorry, you're in. Um, I wish others were as excited about the challenges you says Christine. Well, you know, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. So, um, so what I decided. Um, last week was that there was this kind of funky energy going around and, um, and you know, reasonably so, right? I was thinking in prepping for today that it was about 18 months ago that I put on that, oh, God, how to teach online, free five days of training, and we had a whole bunch of people come and tell us what microphones to buy and how to start a YouTube channel and all of that stuff. That's a long time ago, and um, we've all been working in that environment on and off, perhaps, maybe consistently since then, and it's a lot. So um, I thought, you know what, Uh, I know everybody's got a fair bit of Zoom fatigue, but maybe we could come and hang out and just know that we're in um, like-minded company where there's no takedowns or meanness or competition or bitchiness or judging or any of that. And we can maybe get a little bit uh, re-inspired about where we're at in business and what it is that we're looking to complete this year. And then into 2022, I always feel like September is one of those months. It's a good reboot month. Uh, it's spring here. Well, can't quite see out into my orchard, but so that's always a nice time when you see things coming back to life. Um, and uh, in Northern Hemisphere people, it's kind of that back to school kind of time. Like it's a good time to restart things and, and um, regroup. Having said that, um, I also am aware that, uh, you know, there's overwhelm and fatigue and exhaustion in the air. And so the idea perhaps for you to be thinking about, okay, I'm going to restart everything. I'm going to get re-inspired. I'm going to lean back in. Maybe you don't have the same appetite that you may have had for that in the past. And so that's kind of what we're going to be working through this week. And I I'm going to be drawing from some teachings from the Mahabharata because I like to ground what it is that we do in the teachings of yoga. So a little bit of storytelling, some mythology that we can apply in business, and we'll just see how we go. One of the things that's going to make this week, at least I hope so, uh, as valuable as it can be is if you keep in contact with me through the week, the best way to do that is on Instagram with DMs. So if you have feedback or ideas or stuff in particular that, um, comes up for you that you want to dig into a bit more or you want me to do some research and come back with some resources, whatever, DM me along the way and I'll I'll sort of weave it in as we go. And I've had some great messages already from people, which I'll talk about in a sec. All right, so uh, let's start off by taking a bit of a pause. Don't fall asleep if it's late at night where you are, but let's all just sit well for a second. Sit well and close your eyes. And just really lean into the feeling tone that's present for you. When you think about your yoga teaching, when you think about your business, everything else that's going on in your life that that can't help but influence that. And without judging yourself or instantly going to the solution, Just note how you're actually feeling. And it might be, there might be complementary forces at play. Maybe you're feeling worn out and excited. Maybe you're feeling confused and you have some clarity. Let's not judge it. Just note note what comes up for you. When you think about in this moment, how am I feeling about my yoga business? 
And you let the prana of your eyes come forward. All right. So um, if you feel comfortable, I'd love to know, type into the chat, what were those sort of feeling tones that come up for you when you think about business right now? September 2021, the world in a strange state of affairs, uh, things not, I don't know, cancellations. <laughs> Lynn says, shit and sad. Call it out, girl. Don't think you're uh, Robinson Crusoe there. What, what comes up for you when you think about your business right now? What's going on? How are you feeling? And I'll uh, read out some of, the, some of the stuff that I've... CBA, says Diane. I'm not sure. I started my business last month, still learning about everything, says Tracy. That's very bloody exciting. Jackie says, I feel like I'm pushing shit uphill. Meh, says Sarah. Christine says, weary and disappointed, but glad to have a small community back after lockdown. Can't be asked. Want so much to get to it, but freaking exhausted, says Michelle. Johanna says, we are still vaccine part. Oh, gone too fast. I have to go back. Inspired and excited, but wheels are turning, going nowhere, says Justine. Radiozy. Okay. Like pulling teeth sometimes, says Christine. Yeah, I kind of thought this was the bath. Um, thanks for confirming what I suspected might be going on. Uh, here's some other things that I've heard from people. Um, something that's going on is bitching. Oh, how to how not to get sucked into bitching yoga teachers. We've all got a little too used to interacting from a keyboard and emotional intelligence has gone out the window. Mm, mm. Gosh, that combined with competing for students, feeling like numbers equal self-worth, jealousy, catty comments, oh, catty comments, snide remarks, and also clear outright mean girl talk. Anybody else had new and unexpected levels of mean girl talk <laughs> in the past little while? Yowzy. Uh, yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting. It's, it seems a time where um, judgment perhaps with not a whole lot of information seems to be going on. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Self-sabotage, someone said to me, imposter syndrome, um, how to get back into things after feeling like you've taken a pause. Um, I've heard a fair bit about Zoom fatigue. Uh, let's see. Well, like when do you know when what you're doing is good enough and how long should you keep fracking about with the same thing? When is, when is enough enough? Anyone else want to share how they've been feeling? And, you know, if you've been feeling great and everything's going gangbusters for you, share that. We can, uh, we can, we can take some of your enthusiasm, applied enthusiasm, borrowed enthusiasm. This is great. Great, great, great. All right, see if I can. Uh, Tracy says, a couple of other teachers. There is room for everyone. I have found other teachers to be supportive. I love that, Tracy. That's fantastic. Um, I wish that were true everywhere. I, I know I have found that um, hmm, uh, it seems like it's a um, it's a time when people when you thought you could expect a certain type of behaviour from some people and maybe that's not now the case. Sarah says she still loves teaching. Yes, good. I'm so glad about that. You know, one of the things that frightens me most about the work that I do and being kind of tuned into to the industry of yoga teaching is. Um, people falling out of love with teaching yoga. I think that's the biggest business risk we face. We didn't come to this because we thought it would be a lucrative industry. We came to it from a place of passion. And the idea that that would be, um, you know, tampered uh, frightens me. Surrounded by beautiful teachers, great. I found a virtual yoga teacher membership group that I really resonate with and find a lot of support. It feels nice. Excellent, Christine. Diane says, I'm chasing my tail going to classes at times that don't suit me. Yes. Okay, cool. All right, so um, here's what we're going to do today. I decided, like I said at the top, that what better place to go to than the Mahabharata? As a friend of mine says, he's, he has decided that he doesn't need to read a different book the rest of his life. There is enough in the Mahabharata that will keep him going for uh, at least this uh, incarnation, if not the next. And I agree. There's so much good stuff in there. And what better story for us to look to when it comes to thinking about, okay, I'm feeling pretty beaten down and some crappy things have happened to me, but you know what? Uh, shit. Uh, I know what I'm here for. And I guess I'm going to have to lean in and figure out how to make this work. This is, I would argue, perhaps the overarching premise of the entire text, longest poem 
ever written. Uh, Christine says, and so glad to have connected with Sarah. Yes, indeed. So if you're not familiar with this book, uh, it's amazing. If you want to know where to get started, like DM me, I'll give you some um, sort of good good text to get started with if you don't want to just lean into the entire thing from the get-go. But essentially it it involves the um the the there's a whole lot of awesome source super saucy backstory but that's for another time for right here now essentially we're talking about rivalry between two clans of two groups of cousins um uh, five cousins on one side called the pandavas who were all um they all have gods as birth daddies so that's kind of a thing and then on the other side the other cousins the caravas there's a hundred of them and um the eldest of that clan, he's not a great guy. And in fact, when he was born, there was a lot of there was a lot of um, foreboding uh, indicators that, in fact, he was not he was not um, he was not a great guy. You know, like howling jackals on the birth birth of your child suggests that something might be amiss. Anyway, so these two branches of cousins, there is some um, discord, and rightly so. I do genuinely believe that if they went to family court, they would have a good, either, both sides would have a good case. This is fair, contested uh, property settlement. Anyway, so these two sets of cousins, um, they have a disagreement about who's supposed to inherit, who's supposed to be the next king. And, um, and the Pandavas for right here, right now, for an hour of training, essentially are the good guys, although we know that there's no clear good and evil in all of this stuff. But for today, let's call them the good guys. They're they're much more um, abundance-leaning. Um, they take a stand for yes and rather than either or, whereas the bad guys for today, the caravas, are a sort of a zero-sum game outlook. They're more guided by um, better share. And uh, there's no, there's only, there's only winning and losing. There's no compromise. And so, as you can imagine, um, when you're trying to settle a property dispute with someone who has the mindset that I'm going to win at no matter what, and I'm going to bring you down, and that's the way that I'm going to measure my how I'm going to win, this makes for a difficult situation. So, it's, essentially, it starts off with the bad cousin setting the good cousin's house on fire. That's a kind of a shit move. So the good guys have to flee um, and they, they flee into the forest, which is the metaphor in these texts for essentially if you're thinking about more of that mm, Joseph Campbell kind of hero's journey, that it's the descent into the underworld. And while they're out in the forest, they uh, get married. Uh, they all get married to the same woman. She's my shiro of all yoga stories, Draupadi. Uh, and they also meet Krishna. Uh, he's kind of an influential, hip and happening guy. So you know, despite not having their kingdom, you know, they got a, they got a hot lady and they got a good mate, and things aren't so bad. So, um, so they, you know, they sort of rally their enthusiasm and they go back to the elders and they say, you know, how would it be if we sort of split things 50-50 or even just like give us some land? We don't need the whole thing. We're prepared to give most of it away, but we need somewhere. We've got a wife now. We want to kind of get on with things. And so the elders say, okay, well, you can have this forest. Um, we'll give you that bit. And they're happy with it because they're an agreeable lot. And they build, because they've got connections, an incredible palace. And, you know, life is kind of going okay for them. It's not ideal. It's not what they thought was going to happen, a.k.a. they're teaching their yoga on Zoom, but it's okay. You know, it's not it's not what they set out to do originally, but they've kind of pivoted and it's working out okay. Except the cousins, the Kauravas, are not okay with their cousins being happy. They're not okay with their cousins having quite a nice time in their um, compromised situation. And so they decide that they're going to take it all back, fuck them, that I don't want them to be happy. I, if, if I don't have everything, then I haven't won, is Dorodana, the, the eldest of the Karava boys, kind of his outlook. So they invite the Panthers over for this fake kind of family get-together and they propose that they'll have a game of dice. And the eldest of the Pandavas, he's got a bit of a gambling issue. Never mind. Anyway, the dice that they use are... Uh, loaded, like they're magical dice, which means that the good guys can never win. They don't know that. They're trustworthy, open-hearted people. So they start playing. It's family get-together. It's kind of like 
I don't know, um, Pictionary, right? You get the family together, what are you going to do? Let's play a game. They're playing a game. But like I said, Yudhistra, he has a bit of a gambling problem and he doesn't know when to say no. And when you're playing with magical dice, that means inevitably you're going to lose. Shit goes south fast. And what happens is Yudhistra continues to raise the stakes of what he's prepared to gamble to the point where he's gambled away their entire kingdom. This little bit of of solace that they were able to eke out after negotiations with the elders is taken away from them. Moreover, he then proceeds to gamble away not only his four brothers and himself, but he also gambles away their wife, Draubadi. As you can imagine, this causes a bit of a shit show and um, to keep it short and sweet, their only solution is to flee. They, 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 They curse everybody and then they're out of there. Not ideal. But they broke a yet another deal. So I want you to, be, the, the, the teaching here is that they continue to settle for smaller and smaller and smaller versions of what was optimal. They continue to um, settle for increasingly reduced conditions and make the best of it. So they broke this deal that, that their cousins will give them back the palace that they made, but they must wait 13 years in the forest. Again, descent to the underworld. They need to go back into the forest and hide out and, particularly in that final year, the 13th year, they need to go incognito. And what that means is if anyone finds them, then the 13 years is, is void and they lose everything again. So they do that. They, they live in the forest. You know, these are supposed to be, these are princes. They're the sons of gods and they're forced back into the forest with their mum or their stepmom and their shared wife and they make the best of it. And in the final year, they go work as servants in a whole other palace. So this is quite a, you know, they're really, this is like the teaching at a studio that pays you £10 an hour because it's the only studio that will hire you. This is the kind of situation that they're in. But they decide they're going to do it anyway because, you know, something good is going to happen ultimately. Let's just keep on going. <laughs> but um, as you can imagine, uh, despite them fulfilling the requirements of that 13 years in exile, when it comes time to come back to the kingdom and be reinstated, with what was not optimal, what was, which was doable, uh, the caravans yet again got renege on the deal and they come back after working as servants for someone else. Remember, these are princes and a princess. Uh, the caravans say, nope, we are not, we've, we've changed our mind. The deal is off. We're, we don't care that you've done the work. We don't care that you've persisted. We don't care that you've persevered. We don't care that you've done it tough, that you've settled for scraps, that you've been um, the servant of someone else, that you have uh, probably sort of transgressed your own boundaries in order to survive. We don't care. If you want anything, then you're going to have to fight for it. And they propose that the only solution here is like, is war. And not only do they propose war, but the Pandavas, they have like seven armies and they have Krishna on their side. Now, Krishna, as you can imagine, it's not bad to have God, Vishnu, on your side, quite good, except he's decided that he won't fight. He's a pacifist in this situation. So while he's there, he's not really, you know, going to pitch in and, and use all of his magical weapons or anything like that. He's just there as an advisor and, as it turns out, as a charioteer. On the other side, the Kauravas, they've got 11 armies and one of their armies is Krishna's army. So they've got the army of God himself, not bad. So the numbers are not, um, the numbers aren't looking great for them. However, they do have some magical weapons because they, you know, had good connections. They got hooked up with some good um, astras and good magical weapons while they were out doing their thing. And they've also got the, a good advisor, Krishna. So it's not all terrible, except that these guys don't want to fight. And, of course, it's the start of this phase of the Mahabharata when the, when the war is about to begin, where we encounter the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita. And so for today, I thought we should turn to that text because the vibe I'm getting from so many of us is that we are at the point pretty much at which the Bhagavad Gita opens where that war is imminent and Arjuna, the second son, the second, the, the third eldest in the Pandava boys, he's the uh, righteous archer. He's the sort of the leader of this army. Essentially he asks Krishna to take him out in the chariot, to drive his chariot out onto the battlefield to survey 
the situation. And it feels to me, yes, Lynn says, kind of like the Montagues and the Capulets, yes. It feels to me that for a lot of us, we are at that point where the chariot is in the centre of the battlefield and we are taking in the scenario and it is not inspiring. <laughs> it is demoralising. It looks very intense. It looks very overwhelming and we're just not sure where to go to next. So does that sound, does that sound uh, at all relatable for what you're working on in your business right now? Does anybody feel a little like Arjuna in the chariot thinking WTF, this is all too hard and as my mum used to say, stop the ride, I want to get off. Feels a little like that. So I'm reading from this version of the Gita, if you have it. Um, Arjuna says, oh, Krishna, drive my chariot between the two armies. I want to see those who desire to fight with me. With whom will this battle be fought? I want to see those assembled to fight for Durodhana, those who seek to please the evil-minded son by engaging in war. So Krishna drives him on out. And Arjuna says, oh, Krishna, I see my own relations here anxious to fight. So when he looks across at the army on the other side, that's his cousins. That's his, his teacher is over there. People that he's looked up to as a boy, as a young man, learned from, his mentors. He sees them over there and he knows he's going to have to go into battle with them. My skin burns and the bow Gandiva has slipped from my hand. So he's starting to freak out. He's looking at this and thinking, uh, what am I supposed to do here? He says, I am unable to stand. My mind seems to be whirling. These signs bode evil for us. I do not see that any good can come from killing our relations in battle. Oh, Krishna, I have no desire for victory or for kingdom or pleasures. Of what use is a kingdom or pleasure or even life if those for whose sake we desire these things, teachers, fathers, sons, grandfathers, uncles, in-laws, grandsons and other family ties are engaging in this battle, renouncing their wealth and their lives. Even if they were to kill me, I would not want to kill them, not even to become the ruler of the three worlds. How much less for the earth alone? Oh, Krishna, what satisfaction could we find? We would become sinners by slaying these men, even though they are evil. Therefore, we should not kill them. How can we gain happiness by killing members of our own family? So this is the beginning of the Gita and, um, and where Arjuna is at the pivotal crisis point of he can't go back there's nothing to go back to but when he looks ahead what's on the horizon is um you know it's too much and he and he slumps down in the chariot and he says I'm not going to do it I don't care I don't care that I know what my next steps are I don't care that my whole life has been geared up to this point for me to keep going forward I don't care I'm quitting I'm out it's too hard I'm just going to snuggle under the duvet, watch Bridget Jones eat ice cream out of the tub and pretend it's not happening. Does anybody know that feeling? Sarah says, I'm kneeling in the chariot, but I don't want to get off. I just want to find the energy to stand up. Yes, Lynn says yes, right? It feels to me like we are kind of, uh-huh, says Terry Bruce, yes, it feels to me like we're kind of at this point, right? Like we know the skills. We've been learning and teaching ourselves what to do for a long time now. We've built businesses. We've pivoted. We've tried Zoom. We're maybe back in person. We've cancelled retreats. We've rescheduled retreats. We've tried to do this thing. That didn't work. We went over there and tried something else. We've retrained and done professional development during this time. We've got all of the skills like Arjuna. He he. He's the best at what he does. He is the best at what he does. And yet when it comes time to actually taking a stand for it, it's just too hard. It's just too much. It's too hard. And he's just not sure where to go next. Anybody getting it? Feeling that kind of vibe? So what I want to do today, and I don't normally do this, I, you know, when I was thinking about how to structure this week. I was like, I don't know, Amy, do you want to like push everybody into feeling shitty or feeling shittier? I don't know if that's a good idea. We normally try and keep it high vibe here, but actually I think I don't want to run the risk of us doing a spiritual bypass. You know, I think that that's a, that's dangerous territory. This idea of toxic positivity There's only 
I mean, it'll get you a little way. It's it's like, um, you know, when you're exhausted, you could have a cup of coffee and it'll pep you up a little bit, but it's not a sustainable solution. It doesn't work long term. It's not an enduring uh, solution to the situation. And I think if we simply, if I simply gave you a pep talk every day for five days, that medicine is going to wear off pretty damn fast. So what I want to do today is really kind of get it out on the page about what it is that you're feeling specifically. And the more detail, you don't have to share it with me or anybody else, but the more detail that you can get out on the page today is going to be really useful for what we do in the remaining four days. I think the more specific we can be with where you're at and what you need, the more specific I can be with the support I offer you so that after this week, you've actually got clear steps that you can take to get yourself to where you want to be. Not in a way that's about overworking, not in a way that's about hustle, not in a way that's implementing my 10 point bullshit plan. I'm not interested in any of that. What I know for sure is that if you're here and this includes everybody on the replay, it's because you have important skills to offer. You have stuff that the world needs right now. I always say that the world needs more yoga, but surely never more than now. And it is really important that you feel like you can move forward in a way that feels doable, achievable, um, and is not is going to be nourishing rather than depleting. I think we all went into, I'll do whatever it takes, depletion mode, and we can't keep that up. So with all of that, with, with Arjuna as our mentor for today, we'll get to the Krishna as mentor, but not yet. It's Arjuna as our mentor, as the guy who was created for something, who worked his ass off to get there and at the moment went through, like overcame incredible adversity, was humiliated, was deprived, was exiled, was, you know, shunned, was treated like garbage by his own family. When the point comes to where it is time for him to fulfil his destiny, to pursue his dharma as he was created for, he can't do it. He's just, it's just too much. With that, with that character, deity, depending on where you're at on the divine secular scale, whatever, but as our archetype for today, I want you to open a new page in your journal and get it out, write it out. How are you feeling? What's going on? What are the things that are giving you the shits? Please don't filter it because you're a good yogi. You don't have to share it with everybody, but the more explicit you can be the more useful it's going to be moving us forward. Get it down on the page. Jody says, keep it real, Amy. Jody, I am so sick of my five kilometers. I want to just drive over to yours just to look through the window of your studio to be. That would be the best day trip ever right now. <laughs> Get it down. If anything that you want to share in the chat, go for it. Um, but, but, you know, keep it, um, you don't have to share anything, it's just for you. And like I said, we're going to get to solutions. You don't need to have the answers right now. In fact, I don't want you to go for answers. I want you to just put yourself in that chariot moment when you're looking at the horizon, you're looking at what's coming up and you've got that feeling of like, WTF, I'm like, I'm toast. I, I don't think I've got it in me. I know what I'm meant to do, but fuck it, I don't want to. You can't get this wrong. It doesn't have to be like anyone else's. Is there stuff that is just making you angry? Particularly if, this, if you're the sort of person who thinks that it's not okay to be angry. <laughs> I dare you. Let's not sanitize this or avoid it because it makes us feel a bit icky. We need to disclose it to ourselves so that we can start to, you're going to pull it out into the light, right? So that you can get a good look at it and then untangle it and 
figure out what comes next. And then if you keep working on that or if you feel like you've got, got that, I want you to write down all the stuff that you've been doing that's not working or all the stuff that you've been doing that you don't like or that feels not right for you or, you know, stuff that you've tried that tanked. Like get down all or the stuff that you're simply just hating. I had a conversation last week, some of you were there, with a yoga teacher who's just, hate social media right now she hates it she doesn't want to do it she freaking hates it and she's you know this is not characteristic of her she's just slumped in the chariot like is this do you have a student who's giving you the shits put it on the paper colleagues a situation are you trying stuff that you are frustrated hasn't got you results yet all the things that you hate doing that make you feel yuck Maybe you've um, maybe you've started in the current climate conducting yourself in business in a way that doesn't align with exactly. It feels just a little bit kind of off. Have you noticed that you're being a little bit more pushy or a bit more fearful about the money or um, maybe you're feeling more judgy of your peers and you don't like it? Is there stuff that's going on for you in business that you don't like things out of alignment, stuff that's just not working. Are you angry at people? <laughs> Who in particular and why? Interesting. Oh, sick of having COVID conversations in the yoga teaching space. That is a that is a tricky space to be in, that one. Yeah, yeah, it seems like, yeah. Yep, it's a uh, powder keg, that stuff. Freaking powder keg. Angry with myself. I hear that one for sure. I definitely have moments of that. The oscillation between, no, no, Amy, be gentle with yourself, and then, Amy, why are you being so slack? Anybody else on that pendulum swing? She. <laughs> Well, well, that's not useful. <laughs> um, Zoom is great, but I'm struggling with creating a nice atmosphere for students. It feels a little fake. Yeah, I feel the same about my book club. There's something you can eat your own cheese and drink your own wine, but it doesn't feel the same, does it? It's just not the same. <laughs> Taking things and comments too personally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And sometimes, like, in a way that 18 months ago it would have just washed over. Okay. But I don't know, being tucked away by myself for so long feels like the – I was having I was having this um, image the other day, you know, the picture of Hanuman ripping his chest open, just reveal Sita and Ram. And sometimes it feels like I'm walking around like that, you know, just open, ready for people to sort of chuck their cigarette butts in, you know. Like, I don't know how much more of this I could take. Yes, but at the same time, I don't want to shut it down. You know, I've, I've worked hard to do this, but, oh, man, it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know how is my new mantra. Yeah, yeah, all right. Okay, if you want to, you know, do more of that journaling stuff, I really do think it's worthwhile. It's not whiny. It's not complaining. It's an excising of stuff that otherwise is going to get built up. I'm sick of taking photos of myself. I didn't even know if what I'm posting is useful. I don't feel it. I, if I can trust social media data, it all seems like bullshit. <laughs> yep. Yep. Good point. <laughs> Anyone else want to share anything before we move on? This is good because uh, I am certain that everything if you share something, there is someone else listening or watching this that is like, oh, me too, me too. <laughs> You're giving voice to something that is shared. <laughs> I want to meet the people who want my skills. Oh, goodness, wouldn't that just be so great? My friend was telling me yesterday that Bruno Mars sells out his concerts in a minute. 
can you imagine you put your yoga, your next 12 yoga classes up on the internet and in a minute they're sold out? Like, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> a day, can you imagine? It's just at all, can you imagine? <laughs> yes, I agree, Sarah. Christine, your posts are super valuable and they always just make me feel happy. And I think that in 2021 is freaking, that's a boon for the universe. Don't stop. We like them. All right. Okay. So. This is, this is the Arjuna moment in the chariot when he's just like, woof, you know, drops his weapons, he slumps down and he's giving Krishna his best friend. Depending on where you decide to pick up the text, he does or doesn't know that Krishna is God yet. I, for my, my, I think Christina, you're on board with me on this one. He doesn't know. That comes later. Um, he thinks his best mate, who happens to be a pretty good guy, pretty successful guy, probably has a Lambo, um, you know, uh, he's driving his chariot, doesn't know that he's actually from upstairs yet. So he thinks he's just having his heart to heart with his best friend, like, dude, fuck it, I just, I can't, it's too hard, I, 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 I can't do it. And, of course, then what Krishna says to him is, man up. Actually, he says, you're being a eunuch, but I think we can interpret that in 2021 to be man up. And we can also decide to interpret that in a non-gendered way. Essentially, he says, too bad. What you're here for is more important than how shit you're feeling right now. And we need to sort this out. And most of what follows in the text is the how to sort this out. And so what I want to do for today is recognize everything that's going on because it's real. And like I said, we don't want to sanitize it. We don't want to spiritually bypass it. It's important for us to consider. And we need to also decide that this is what we're here for. We've been through a lot. Maybe you've been through your version of having your house burned down, having to share your wife with your brothers, having to live in exile in the forest, having to go be a servant in someone else's kingdom, having your brother, like, gamble you away this is some pretty intense harrowing this is trauma right these pandavas they've got ptsd right now they've done everything right they followed the rules they kept persevering they implemented all of the actions they were meant to and they conducted themselves well at all times obviously not you just are making some poor gambling choices but how was he to know that he was playing with unfair dice they've done it all and they're still looking up the mountain. They still haven't actually got to the summit despite all of the hard work that they've done. And this is where we're at now. All of the things that you've done, all of the stuff that you've tried, all of the things that you never thought you could accomplish, all of the things that you sure as hell didn't foresee when you decided to become a yoga teacher, you've done all of it. Maybe you've posted images of yourself on the internet that you never would have thought before. Maybe you've become a, a selfies uh, a pro like Christine. Maybe you have bought new software. Maybe you are not just my friend here. She wasn't until her students begged her. She said to me, my students have been begging me to teach yoga longer than 40 minutes. And I said, what are you teaching 40-minute yoga classes for? And she said, well, that's the free Zoom. You can only teach 40 minutes <laughs> pay for Zoom. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you know, maybe you've invested, maybe you've bought training programs and you've implemented them and you're still feeling a bit like, yeah, yep. So what? It's time to step it up and do what needs doing anyway, even though we're feeling depleted and we're feeling exhausted and we don't, we just don't know if we've got it in us to go to the next place. Yes, yes, yes. It feels like the summit keeps moving up. And it's completely unattainable and I'm just so tired of climbing. I think we can relate to that. Trey says, I am too comfortable in my burrow. Time to come out. <laughs> the burrow is pretty cosy. <laughs> I can appreciate that one as, a, as an empathic introvert. The burrow can be kind of nice. But it does get a little cobwebby finding. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. What I want to move on to next is... Um, I want us to set a sort of a feeling tone goal for where we want to get to. Today is not, I'm sorry if this is what you're here for, but today is not the Zoom call where I give you the answers 
for the questions that you have. Today's not about solutions. We're still scoping the territory. We're still out in the middle of the battlefield looking at the, you know, the, the horizon. We're looking at what's to come. But what we are going to do is formulate the feeling tone that you want to have in your business so we know the 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 bhava the mood the quality that we're moving towards we don't know how to get there yet and you don't need to please take pause and rest and space in the uncertainty at least for the next 24 hours and maybe please give me till the end of the week that we don't know what the solution is but we're going to find the solution there's no point looking for the hows if we don't know where we're going to get to it's like getting in your car and just hitting the road when you haven't plugged the destination into your you know google maps so um so this is what we're going to do next we're going to i want to so you've got a list of how you're feeling you've got a list of all the things that you've tried that haven't worked you've got a list of what you're angry about or frustrated with great we're going to change direction so i want you to sit well again and close your eyes if it's okay for you to do it if you're driving. <laughs> Don't close your eyes. Okay. So if you're here, if you're listening to this, it's because you haven't abandoned hope completely. And I think this is true for Arjuna because at no point does he say, turn us around, Krishna. I don't care. Turn me around. He doesn't do that. He feels defeated, but he doesn't quit. And this is where we find ourselves also. We might be feeling defeated or fatigued, tired, worn out, worn down, uninspired. But if you're here, it means you haven't quit. And that is the best thing. So let's put to the side everything that you've sort of purged out for now. And we're going to come back to it as a resource. Next, what I want you to do is take yourself forward in time six months from now. November, December, January. So let's say it's like February next year, March, whatever, whatever, around there, six months-ish. So in your mind, take yourself forward six months. And staying out of how, staying out of what do I need to do, staying out of how, maybe that's not possible for me, none of that, staying out of the specifics entirely with placing yourself six months into the future, I want you to call to mind, in fact, I want you to embody the feeling tone you desire to have about your business six months from now. So how do you desire to feel six months from now? And depending on how you work, they might arise as words. You might just feel them immediately in your body. They might arise as, as, as uh, colours or even as temperatures. Foster that, cultivate that. How do you want to feel about your business, about your teaching in six months? And don't second guess. Whatever arises first is the one. And when, even if it's not in words yet, but if, it, if you have a, a knowing of it, if it's, if it's arrived in your body, I want you to amplify it. So increase its sensation, increase the resonance of that feeling tone. If, it, if, if the word that came in for you is peaceful, then increase that sensation in your body of feeling peaceful. Or if it's <clears throat> energized, increase that sensation. 
grounded, enthusiastic, inspired, abundant, whatever it is for you, increase that feeling tone in your body. And then if this works for you, see if you can increase that feeling tone even beyond your body slightly, almost like you're enveloped in that particular sensation. We have a coating of it, a force field of it around your body. Magnify it to the point that it is within and outside of you. And from this more amorphous cloak of feeling, this protective layer of your desired feeling tone, let's pass it out. I want you to now fine-tune it into four words, four particular desired feelings Call them to mind. There might be fewer than four. It can't be more than four. Four or fewer specific threads of that feeling that you desire to have as your sort of resting state six months from now. And again, letting the prana of your eyes come forward. So we need to write those four words, four or fewer words, down into your journal. Great comments happening in there in the chat. Thanks, everybody. And if you feel like sharing, um, if you feel like sharing those words, go ahead or keep them to yourself either. Both is perfect. Alive, healthy, happy, fun. All right, then. They're good. Peace, joy, abundance and connection. Energized, abundant, focused. Like that. Joyful and ease. Yes. Great. What else? Proud, proud, excited, satisfied, adventurous. Yes. Secure, solid, and safe. Nice. Abundance, ease, flow, control. Purna, Tejase, inclusive. Inspired, helpful, busy, solid, momentum, connected. What they appeal to me. I like those. Who am I kidding? I'll take all of your words. I'm in the surf, I can see the shore, and I'm having fun. Abundance and grounded and connected. Caroline, hello, I can, where are you? Oh, there you are. Um, nice one. Yes, good. Okay, so what I want to propose is that these four feeling tones are your business goals for the next six months. I think we need to, well, I mean, I don't, you know you obviously more than I'm, it would be obnoxious for me to suggest that I do. My feeling is people have been doing a lot of hustle, scrabbling, uh, kind of like that grabby kind of, which we don't like doing, but it's that sort of, it's got a desperation feel to it. You know, lots of, lots of work, lots of kind of activity, which kind of 
it has a feeling of like being frazzled or, you know, that burnt out. Like I've tried all the stuff and I'm sort of short circuiting. So I think what might be nourishing and sort of down regulating is rather than having very finite quantitative goals that for now we take like a balm, some qualitative goals and that what you're moving towards for the next six months are these four things. Today is not about how we're going to get them, but it's simply about feeling like you can, if you imagine again that sort of you know 12 finger lengths out from your body surrounding you, those feelings, you can sort of, oh, like you can soften into that. You can feel a little bit held and like maybe you're not out there with a machete in the wilderness trying to carve a path forward. Uh, nurtured, abundant and soulful. Um, yeah, great. Okay, so who is, who, who's feeling it? Like maybe it, trying a different way of goal setting, approaching goals in your business rather than I'm going to make this much by this amount and sell these many things and hustle, hustle, hustle. Maybe instead let's try softening into goals and coming at them from a more intuitive perspective. <laughs> I want my yoga business to be easy again already. Yes. This, well, I'm hoping that this might be a solution to that. All right. So who's, has everybody got four words? I've seen a lot in the chat. I just want to make sure that Johanna says, yes, that'd be great. Great. Okay, cool. My, who's done goal setting that is more qualitative before or is this new who's new to qualitative goal setting who's like okay cool so who's familiar with doing trying it a little bit more like this okay cool a bit of a combo excellent so those four words are going to be our, our um, guide our guidelines moving forward for the rest of the week I would recommend that you get them down somewhere where you will see them regularly, not in a way that you can use as a weapon against yourself, but in a way that you can remember, no, no, that's right, I have this, I'm building this feeling tone around me and I can soften into it. I don't need to know all of the hows, but I I do know, right, like, um, like Buddhi know, that this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. And I'm going to, and I'm going there. And um, because this is what I meant for, this is like, you know, this is, this is Arjuna's Dharma. We're not, we wouldn't be here in this moment if we weren't meant to take the next step. I'm going to make them look pretty, says Terry. Yes, please. Whatever. Uh, it could be a post-it note. It could be on your phone. It could be whiteboarded on your fridge like I do, whatever. But Get them down so they're not just on some random bit of paper that you happen to have in front of you when you got on this Zoom call because they will be more powerful if they are more prominent. Right, now, next. We've done the purge. We know the feeling tone of the future. We're going to finish up with, for anybody who is like a, who's more shivering coded or who has a bit of an action addiction, like me, I've got two proposed action steps for you to take between now and when we see each other again. The first one, these are your homework assignments. The first homework assignment, hang on, let me do a little bit more preamble. You are in charge of the degree to which you implement the homework assignments. I would propose that you calibrate the degree to which you implement the homework assignment with your current energy level, i.e., if you're feeling knackered, do small homework assignments. This is not about beating yourself up or rallying or forcing. No. For right here today, we are simply allowing ourselves to be slumped in the chariot, knowing that wisdom is coming and someone will tell us some steps to move forward. So, Homework assignment optional. Homework assignment number one to be calibrated to your own energy level is what's one thing, one thing that you could do between now and when we see each other tomorrow that will move you just a little closer to feeling those four desired feeling tones. One thing. Maybe you sleep in a little. Maybe you buy yourself a treat. Maybe you block someone on Instagram. Maybe you decide, you know what, that workshop that I can't fill, I'm just going to take that page off and refund the one person who's bought it. 
Like what's the, what's one thing that you're going to do that will move you closer to that feeling tone? Those four words, one thing. Homework assignment number two. What's one thing from your list of the stuff that's pissing you off, the stuff that you hate, the stuff that's making you feel shitty, the stuff that's making you snark at people when you're not a snarky person, all of it, all of that, all that stuff, all of the, we'll talk about this perhaps another time, but all of the stuff that feels like to me from which the caravan boys were even constructed, all of that, what's one thing between now and when we see each other next that you can just stop, just slice it off? Cut it off, let it go, throw it out, get rid of it. One thing that you hate doing, is it something you've been doing in your business because you think maybe if I just keep forcing it, and it's not, and you're kidding yourself and you're just going to fucking stop it. Or do you need to tell somebody, please don't email me anymore? Or what? Like, or, or are you trying to do something or compelling yourself that I'll, if I keep doing this, then I'll be better? Is there something that... He's giving you the shits that you can just stop doing, give yourself permission to quit it, say no to it, abandon it, drop it, let it go. All righty. Great. So that's us for today. Like I said, today was the we're not into solutions yet. We are going to get there. I want you to give me the week. Give me the week. In between, as well as your optional two homework assignments, if you feel called to, if there's stuff that comes up for you, if you already want some specific advice, if you want some fine tuning of what you've worked on, hit me up on Insta. Um, no, you might hear back from me while I'm huffing and puffing on the treadmill, but I will get back to you. Um, I'm at Amy Yoga Biz Coach, if you're, if you're new here, um, let me know how you're going, how you found the training, what's arising or anything else you feel called to share. Or if you want to uh, contribute to the agenda moving forward, definitely DM me. Uh, I love hearing from everybody. But that is us for today. Tomorrow we're going to be going back to this mythology and looking at what happens next when you say to your mate, fuck it, dude, I'm, I'm out. What happens next? What does good friendship and good support actually look like? And how can we start doing that for ourselves and for each other? I also am looking forward to hearing how you went with your homework. So uh, keep me posted. So back here, same time tomorrow. But for right now, let's just close it out <clears throat> with a brief pause again. So again, returning to sit well. And if it's okay for you, close your eyes again. And let's finish out today. Again, dropping back into that feeling tone, having as the focal point of this brief, very brief meditation, that feeling tone, your desired state. Feel it in your body. Feel it throughout your body. Feel it beyond your body. Trusting that how is not our concern today. <clears throat> we'll get to that when the time is right. Let the prana of your eyes come forward. Thanks so much, everybody, for coming and joining me live. And uh, thanks, everybody, who's checking out the replay. Uh, really, really value all of your energy and your contribution as we've been going along. Whoa, we got Sarah through to the end. I'm taking that as like a 
professional success. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll see you all tomorrow, everyone. Thanks again. See you then. So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask. If you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure, of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. DM me on Instagram at amyyogabizcoach. Take deep care.